0: And then right off the top of the show, we're going to hear this...
1: Like, we're standing on this ramp, the cow comes up, this guy puts something on its head and, and hits like a trigger, yeah. and this rod goes down, pierces its brain, and it drops, like right in front of us kids. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that, although it is, you know, hey, it's a
0: good thing we're not cows,
2: but, you imagine
0: <laughs> The Humble and Fred Show, not for cows. There you go. There's our new intern doing his work. Hmm. Well, nice like work. It. Yeah, I thought it was good.
1: Yeah, I was very impressed He did a couple of promos And both were uh, top notch Top drawer Here's the second one It's Harper with her fishnet stockings It's the first time my my thing moved Honestly It was like, what's going on here? Can you remember the last time it moved?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is it used to move yeah. all the time, independent. It used yeah, to it was be like... Y2K, k- k-
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Humble and Fred, only
2: talking about things that matter. I mean, you know, I, I didn't...
0: I, I laughed when you said that when we were doing the bit. I laughed, but when I heard it again, I actually think I heard it like I, I don't think i registered the first time it's very funny well there you go aren't we clever uh well, laugh can, all over again yeah well okay listen before we uh get started because we weren't here for the very first day of may uh do you need anything from us other can you just make a pronouncement do you want hang on a second i get do i have a sound hang on Okay. I don't have a sound for the, your big pronouncement, but if you're ready, go ahead. This would have been yesterday. Yeah.
1: Hooray, hooray. It's the first of May. Outdoor fucking starts today. There we go. Tra-la, it's May. The lusty months of May. The lovely month when everyone goes blissfully <laughs> astray. Tra-la. Here, that shocking time of year when tons of wicked little thoughts
0: fairly appear. It's no. May, it's May. It's basically, very it's very it's basically when the same thing you are saying. The lusty month of May. Will be our cat, it's mm-hmm. Mad, mm-hmm. It's what an innocent day, day. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to it, everyone. The lusty, lusty month of May. I hope everyone is well. Why don't we uh, take, uh, you know, no more time and just get this uh, program started, Dan Duran. uh...
2: This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the southern shores of Lovesick Lake. And is brought to you by GigSky, the retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog. Health Cage and our newest sponsor, Hush Blankets, with a 100 night guarantee on all their products. And now, here are two men who look forward to Mondays so they can complain about Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yes, making money on their own self therapy. It's Humble and Fred.
0: Yeah, yeah, Dan Duran, everyone. Dan Duran, thank you, Dan Duran. Uh, and welcome, everyone. Pretty cool show today. Kicking off the month with Dr. Brian Goldman. Fantastic physician and broadcaster who has uh, made a few appearances with us. And
1: apparently
0: feels comfortable enough to come back again. Uh, He's got a new book called The Power of Teamwork. A group is not a team. And uh, we'll talk about our team, the Humble and Fred team, but also your team. The stinky Toronto Maple Leafs trying to avoid... Decades long failure, and we'll see what Doctor
1: Brian has to say about teamwork. Oh, I wonder if he'll bring that into the equation. That's interesting. You know what they say
2: Is about all-
0: teamwork?
1: Hmm.
2: Huh?
0: <laughs> you know. Do you know what they say about teamwork?
2: There's yeah, no there's- I in team.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. What was your answer, Fred?
1: I was going to say what Dan just said. There's no
0: I in team. Yeah. There, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. That's what I like to say.
1: Oh, is that? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's a nice one. That's a nice one. Uh-huh.
0: I like to say when, especially if I'm if I'm in a team situation, I like to say there's no how in team. Anyway, um, but you know, everybody, welcome to the show. This is the show, and uh, it is the uh, I guess kicking off for me tomorrow will be four months. That I started my Noom journey, Fred, not long after, and Dan, uh, one of our fine contributors, producers, anchorman, started his Noom journey a few weeks ago. And I I know I'm the more obsessive of the three of us. I know that. But I've enjoyed keeping track of my weight, my meals. And a little bit of reading every day, and thanks to Noom, now four months later, not only did I drop all the weight I wanted to, but I've kept it off now for about six weeks. Um, Dan, is it was it a few weeks ago? I can't remember exactly when you started.
2: Yeah, it's about that. It's a beginning, like the first week of April is when I got in on
0: it. And you, we finally got you to get a scale. And yes, I'm going to tell you, a scale, even though it's only through Zoom, I can see you've lost some weight in your face, definitely. Can you? Oh, absolutely. Oh.
2: Well, well, I, I mean, I'm very close to my target weight now. I'm, I'm reassessing whether or not I, w- I want to be there. If, like I was talking to my son Colton last night. Said, well, you know, the momentum's on the go. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe keep going if you're. Like, you only want you know. to lose like five pounds or seven pounds or something. No, ten pounds. Ten I pounds. Ten pounds. Yeah. Okay. You know, winter weight or whatever. I'm, but I'm, I'm uh, lighter now than I think I've been in forever. And Freddie, you, you reached your goal weight a while ago, did you not?
1: Yeah, and I learned a lesson. You know, I've learned so much through Neumhauer. That's the best thing about it for me is the education, learning how to eat and how your body works with certain foods because I really believe different people, different situations, different results, different uh, reactions. Uh, And I, you know, on the weekend, I I was 169.5 pounds, which was half a pound below my goal weight feeling pretty good about myself went to the blue jay game saturday had a foot long hot dog yes a foot long (laughs) (laughs) by the way is Is it really a foot long the foot long the bun isn't but the wiener is because the wiener sticks out that's right so (laughs) you bite it you bite it from each end Mm -hmm. and then after i didn't have a beer during the game and then later on me and my lovely went to scatterbush uh Because we love their mozzarella cheese. Anyway, we had that, the mozzarella cheese appetizer, and I had uh, spaghetti carbonara, got them to add some shrimp. And the next day, I was up almost two pounds. But isn't it interesting, and we've learned through Noom, and, and one
0: of the things I've read that I, I think yeah. I sent it to you was that, you know, weight is a range. You know, mm-hmm. I look back at the last four months, and you can see the, the chart, because I've logged every day. I've logged every meal. I've logged every weight day. And, and it's okay to have an off day. That's one thing about Noom that I've this learned. what I'm
1: getting at, yes. That
0: it's okay to have an off day. That noom will gently get you back on course. Because one of the things that people have asked me, and I'm sure you guys have had this question, although you know, well, I guess you can, are there bad foods? Well, there's no bad or good foods as long as you allow it with inside the noom, you know, approach. Which is, as we've said before, is a psychologically based em- approach. It empowers you and gives you practical knowledge and skills to build smarter, more sustainable, long term ha- habits and behaviors. The thing about having what you ate is inside of the number of calories you had that day, you weren't way over. But, you know, you wake up the next morning, maybe, you've, you know, I don't know, took on a little extra water. But I guarantee you in a couple of days, you'll be back at your normal weight or your, oh, or yeah. your new well, weight.
1: Well, this was my point. It's the, the importance of weighing yourself every day. That gave me a quick indication of how what you eat can transform into weight or pounds. And then through the education and the uh, reading you do or the seminars you listen to through Noom, you got to understand why again. You know, I, I also had a nice, tall 20-ounce Moretti beer, too, which is red, according to Noom. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, you know, there was a lot of salt in that. There was a lot of fat in the uh, in the hot dog. And, of course, my body reacted to that, caused me to retain a little uh, water. And uh, thus, I had the weight gain this morning. <laughs> I'm down de- This morning, I've lost all but a half a pound of it because I watched myself yesterday. And why? Because I weighed myself every day.
0: More than 75% of users complete the program. More than 60% of users lose 5% or more body weight by 16 weeks. And I just realized I, I hadn't planned on reading that. But as I said it, I've gone through 16 weeks now. I've lost 12 pounds, 13, you know, depending on the day which was uh, at the beginning i guess about 5% of my body weight. Now, I did the same as you, Dan. I initially was only going to lose 5 or 7 pounds basically to kind of learn how the system worked so we could talk about it, but I did it so quickly that I reconfigured my goal to go down to another, you know, 5 pounds. So, I think what you're experiencing, Dan, is what a lot of people experience on experience on Noom. Which is, it's easy to do, and doesn't you don't feel like you're restricted, and so you might as well just keep doing it.
2: Yeah, and uh, you, one of the things that I've been thinking about uh, is that that this the, using Noom on a smart the smartphone is designed for a program like Noom or yeah. the other way around. It's just it just so because you've got the phone there. There's this slow um, learning process. I, d- I knew nothing about calories going into this. Nothing. I mean, I didn't even know how many calories you're supposed to have a day, and. Every meal you go through, you kind of you know you're logging the calories, and that really does help you understand you know what what a you know a, a dense food is mm-hmm. and, you know with better foods to eat to to stay full with you know.
1: Well, lots that's of water it. And it, ma- stuff.
2: it it makes you so mindful of what you put in
1: your mouth, and you know, again, I've been on it for a few months now, and what do they say? Uh, Twenty one days, it uh, becomes a habit or mm-hmm. whatever. But I I find that now. I'm always mindful of everything I eat. I think of Noom and the consequences, if that's the right word, that it will mean to my day of consumption. Mm -hmm. And And that's a good thing because... You know, in the old days, I would have had the foot long, and then the big bowl of pasta and get up Sunday. And I I got up Sunday and I was so hungry from eating pasta. <laughs> no, the night before. You know, the way yeah. I would have I would have gorged myself I would have had a big breakfast because I was hungry. But I got up knowing that that's what pasta does to you. So I better watch what I'm doing today. It's it's. That's where it's invaluable to me. Sign up for your trial and get
0: psychology based support and motivation to reach your goals at noom.com slash hf 2022. That's noom.com slash hf 2022 to sign up for your trial. I'm losing track of the people that I've talked to that have signed up in our just in our sort of circle. I've taught my brothers are on it. Lumby was talking about it. A bunch of people have been asking us about it. And now you can, too. What Fred and Dan and I are talking about is that Noom understands that the weight loss journey can be difficult and is filled with ups and downs. And that's why they believe it's about progress, not perfection. Everyone's journey is going to be different, and your journey can start right now. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash HF2022. That's Noom.com. Slash HF twenty twenty two. All right, very nice. Just think how much more lusty the month of May will be for all you noomers with your new noom body. You know, what's really depressing is they say that sometimes when you know people gain a lot of weight, especially men, you know they don't—they're not able to see their—you know their their footlong. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: but I can only imagine after Dan Duran loses weight It's just gotta be it's, it's gotta be It's like overwhelming Well his is more than a foot out Why would it, uh, By the way we're not This is The, the Noom part is
1: over Now it's just over. regular yeah,
0: that's more than, We yeah. won't be sending them this part Where we talk about how big our producer's dink
1: is uh-huh. yeah. hey, But honestly And I yes. know we're beyond The actual commercial yes. uh, part but really, anyone that needs to lose some weight, like I'm at the ball game there on Saturday, and the guy behind me had the big, huge, gooey gut, and I, the first thing I thought of was Noom. Like this poor bugger, you know, it doesn't even cost that much, it doesn't, when you when you really think about it, what it, you just become a little more mindful of what you're eating, and you know, he could melt some of that off, it was right down between his legs, I felt sorry for him. He was happy, though. He of course, he was. And, he the nachos <laughs> okay. and cheese going. And, the, and then later I saw him with one of the little that you buy for a kid, like the little plastic helmet with the ice cream. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but, and I don't know. The, the reason we don't mention the price. Now, again, I'm not. This is so I think people get like that was the commercially part. And this is just us talking about it part. Um, I think it's $60 a month, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, but you and, can buy the year program for way less. Than that. But but so yeah. but even mm-hmm.
0: if it, <clears throat> excuse me, even if it's sixty dollars and you sign up mm-hmm. for three months, it is well worth it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think we're even doing it justice. How easy it is! Of course, everything's easy once you get it started. But even getting it started, and I'm being honest, I called Fred up and I said, I think one, I think I think I've told the story. I think one of us should do this. I'll, I'll sign up because I wasn't even thinking I needed to lose that much weight. I mean, I was getting a little bit of I knew I was eating too much sugary stuff at night, but I just signed up for it. And and within a few days, you start doing it. Then you signed up and I was happy you did because I, I thought, oh, at least he and I can have this conversation about it. But quickly, the two of us found it so easy to do. I, I'm 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 right, aren't I? Like we we were within a few weeks, we we're like talking about the food and how easy it was to follow. And next the next thing you know, I've lost 12 pounds and you've lost close to 15 pounds. And even with the hot dog and the carbonara, it wasn't that hard?
1: No, and I and again the educational part of it and the the stuff that just sort of happens passively because you get on track, you watch what you're eating, you put in your uh, you know, log, you, me, you, you log your meals, you weigh yourself every day. And it gets back to what I said about the morning after the pasta, I was very hungry. Well, there's certain foods that have different effects on you. And during the noon program, when you stick to it, I notice, you know, you're not as hungry as often. And that's part of the key. That, that's a key part of this as well. Mm-hmm. That between meals, you're not hungry. You're not waiting for that next meal because you're famished. None of that it sort of puts you into this neat pattern of just being sufficiently Mm-hmm. Well, like Dan was sort
0: of alluding to, is it's, you learn what foods are high density, low calorie. You know, I had a, I bought this thing from Sobeys. It's called the Buddha Bowl. And it's got like a bunch of vegetables and a little bit of rice and some stuff in it and some tofu. And I put in some smoked salmon to give it some more protein. And the whole thing, the bowl was the size of a smart car. And it had 450 calories in it. And I've had this happen a bunch of times on Noom where I I was like, I have to eat this whole thing. (laughs) Like, it's a lot of, like it is, it's a lot of food. And then what you do, that's why they call it psychology-based, because you're sort of tricking your brain into feeling full. Um, Anyway, like I said, I can see Dan. I haven't seen you in person since you started, but I can tell you've lost some weight. Because we, I think guys are, universally,
1: we all lose it in our, at least I do, I lose it in my face first, before my gut. Speaking of which, the other day I'm listening to, I forget what station was, you know what I think one of the most overrated songs ever is to me and it always finishes high in the rankings is the wait I'm not big on that song just made me think of that right now I'm just throwing it out there you know that song by um the
0: what band band yeah mm-hmm. yeah, well, yeah like no that. no that's not the, I know the song is came the john yeah yeah the I-
1: wait yeah, I know You know, I, 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 again, that's a little disjointed by bringing that up I you don't care wait. You know the way the show works <laughs> No, I know. It care. pops into your head and you go on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it always finishes high and high in the rock range. On what rock?
0: What is it? This doesn't finish high on anyone's list It does, how <laughs> it does it not. It does not It does It's not a terrible song no, Take a load off there. air It's just there Um, I don't want to keep you much longer, Dan. Except to say, are you? Did anyone on this show watch Ozark this weekend, or was it just me? No,
2: I haven't got to it yet. No, I'm Dan, are you an Ozark it. fan? I am. I just I, I haven't caught up to the uh, to where you know the new releases yet. So. Okay, well, they released uh, the second half of
0: season four, the ending of uh, Ozark. So I won't I won't be. I don't want to do the spoiler alert. I will just say this, since you're familiar with Ozark, I finished it, and it was great. I, I actually, at the beginning of season four, I was kind of like, eh, but it got better, and I, I got into it, but I did want to bring up something to see if you guys have the same problem that I do. At the beginning of an episode of Ozark, they do this thing, they'll do like a little pre-scene, and then they go to the credits, and it's always the Ozark symbol, and those four symbols inside the Ozark. Do right, yeah. yeah. you know what I'm talking about? It's like they're four quadrants. I don't know they, if it's my they change age. change all the time, right? They change every episode because they're, they're basically clues or foreshadowing the episode to come. The problem is, I don't know if it's an age thing or the fact that I'm high most of the time watching it. But so the symbols come on. And I have to pause and try and figure out, first of all, what the symbols are. And I only get half of them. And then as soon as the episode starts, I have forgotten them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do you ever, like, it, it's like a hospital bed, uh, a set of tires, a track. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I yeah.
1: do you know what I'm even talking about, Fred? No. And I've seen every episode other than the final drop. No, I don't. Uh, but but now I can't wait. Every episode of Ozark you've ever seen has what yeah. I'm talking
0: about in really? it. Really, every every episode, hmm. it has a, a it's a it's a thing that comes up and it's an O and then they yeah. cut it into four. Right.
2: And then there's I, these
0: different symbols in it.
2: Right. You could go. I just on never to really say- pay. I never really pay attention to them. You could be mis- like, you could just think that they're the same every week. But if you yeah. actually look, the symbols do change. I always go, Yeah, that's for people that are really smart. I just, I, well, I went, I went online this morning because I was so perplexed about what they
0: mean that I went through every episode that I had just watched and tried to figure out. because, and, and you basically just look up Ozark opening symbols and you'll see what I mean. But I've I just found them hard to decipher, and then I forget as soon as it goes to the seat. I'm like, what was that again? Was that a tractor? <laughs>
1: anyway. Well, well I'm going to you- watch those. Those are, what, four more, I guess, right? No, seven more, I think. Oh, they dropped seven more. So I I'm going to watch so, yeah. that, and I think I'm going to watch uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. you love it. N- new ones. Yeah. And then that's it for the summer. I don't want to hear anything more about the series or anything for the summer. Except I you, watch, uh, wait, wait, go did
2: ahead. You watch Dan. seven episodes on the weekend?
1: Me? Yeah. Well it started, you know, it's
0: like it's like saying that's like two movies. Right. I watched uh you know, over three days. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday I watched mm-hmm. a couple at a time, Dan. That but Friday, and, Hold Friday on. and Saturday were such lovely days. See, that's... But Saturday, I was golfing. I golfed both Friday. of those days, and then Friday... But anyway, mm-hmm. I will say, before you shut down, and I don't know how I'm going to get it, because I don't want another streaming service, but the, the story of how The Godfather got made is, uh, is a series that's on right now on Paramount+,
1: Plus. I think. Just think how much you'll enjoy that in October. Seriously. You okay. You got that to look forward to all summer long. All right. I was just saying, maybe that's another one
0: you might add to. I got, um, I definitely want to get that, but I don't want to get it. I don't want to buy it. I don't want to get another streaming service for it. Um, Dan, what did you watch this weekend? Well, not, I should mention, well, you didn't watch anything because you were too busy moving to this new, to your uh, new trailer location. I was
2: out, uh, out in moving in. Yeah. I uh, spent, it was a, it was a lovely last, uh, last night on Friday night. Uh, no, it was Saturday night, and uh, so I was moving all day. Sorry, it was Friday night, and I had a fire. Went out for a canoe with my friend Lisa, and started the fire before we went out, and then came back. and The lake was calm. It was a beautiful, beautiful night, and I went and grabbed some more firewood from the fire there for the fire. And uh, one of the logs on the pile of firewood rolled down into my face. I don't know if you can see this thing right here. Oh, okay, I'm sorry and <laughs> <laughs> what lake were you are you talking
1: about lovesick lake or lake? shemong lake Lake. the last oh, okay. night in
0: shemong lake the uh, last night in the lake you put your face into you the fire a log yeah no uh, into a log. why would you do that
2: i was just just the way i was reaching down to pick up some some uh, logs that had fallen and another log fell on my face while i was picking up those logs oh a log that had been yet yet to be set on fire yeah, It was stacked on oh the fire, stacked the fire, logs the right fire. okay yeah.
0: I'm sorry, I was trying to find a song, and it just sounded to me like you had your face too near the fire, and the logs spit at you. Uh,
2: no. So, See, so anyway, I got a bit of a, a thing that makes me look like the Joker, and, and Lisa wanted to put makeup on the other side to make it even out. See,
1: my mind went the other way. I thought you were a Lovesick Lake, and I'm thinking, oh, well, I guess I'm going to have to buy more firewood.
2: <laughs> God damn it. Fred and I share a fire pile. Do you? Do you really? I, I'm
0: still stuck on the fact that you're at the... Uh, uh-huh. My girlfriend wants to put makeup on my face stage of the relationship. <laughs> I think that's the the best. Uh, Dan Duran's news coming up later. We'll check in with our buddy Tim Daniels in Florence. Not just about the health gauge, but we'll also find out what's going on in Europe. You know, as you know, there's the... Uh, Special military uh, operation that continues In the meantime, uh, let's uh, let's just take a second here And talk about some other fine folks that support this program
1: Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, a little surprised here uh, The Maple Leafs, if you're, uh, you know, uh, playing the game tonight, so to speak uh, At dog Maple Leafs, favorite Uh, Minus 130 to win the over-under, by the way, is 6.5, but the Leafs a slight favorite in Game 1 of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Right, you can play that game. All the games, all the Stanley Cup final games, of course, are the Stanley Cup uh, uh, playoff games. Again, they're available to play at Bodog.com. Along with baseball and what's left of basketball, uh, whether you're a sports uh, better, a horse racing fan, of poker a casino player, a your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From our industry leading odds, world class sportsbook, and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. So, Howard, you talk about a spo- uh, spoiler alert, but no, I'll give, I'll give you one on a. Uh on a television show that will be unfolding over the next week or so, and that's the Leafs in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I, a
0: bunch of guys were talking. About, I played golf on Saturdays. I do uh, with a fellow uh, Leaf-hating Boston Bruins supporter, mm-hmm. and this guy's a current Bruins fan. Like he's he's like my age, so we could you know we could talk about Wayne Cashman and Johnny you know Busick mm-hmm. and such. But he's a current guy, and I asked him why. I said you grew up here. Now why are you supporting the Bruins? And you know, he had a whole list of reasons. You mainly hate mainly mainly the same as me, you hated Montreal, hated Toronto. Actually hates Montreal worse. Mm-hmm. But I said, Do you think it's better for the Leafs and this is the question I'm asking you, better for the Leafs to play Tampa Bay
1: or Boston? Would you rather have rather had them play Boston? Probably. Because Tampa Bay is a two time Stanley Cup champion with the best. Uh, goalie in the league, and probably Victor Hedman, the best defenseman in the league, uh, and then Steven Stam goes on and on. I mean, you know, they're a machine, and I believe here's my spoiler alert that they're going to just roll over the Leafs. I think it's going to be ugly in a different way. Montreal was ugly last year because Leafs were heavily favored, and they lost, uh, you know, the last three games to lose in seven. But yeah, you know, I, I honestly, my head says Leafs in seven. Uh, I, I'm sorry. My heart says Leafs in seven, but my head says Tampa Lake in five. Leafs going to have trouble scoring, I believe. Uh, well, I'm going team. to.
0: You'll be. You won't be surprised, but I'll be watching. This is literally tonight. Will be my first Leaf game, and I'll watch it. And um, because I'm curious, well, I won't. Maybe I won't watch it all, but I'll be curious enough to see a few uh, minutes of it. Especially mm-hmm. because, uh, and I wanted to ask you about another sporting event or sports-related topic. So, uh, this kid, Austin Matthews, won something called the Rocket Richard Award. Yes. For scoring uh, 60 goals in 73 games. Right. How do you, as a long-time Leaf fan, feel about your star player winning some stinky halves trophy?
1: Oh, that's fine. Rocket Richard was, you know, it's like... (sighs) You know what it's like? I, I, I despise the institution that is the Montreal Canadiens, but I admire a lot of the parts along the way. Sure you do. You know what I mean? Like Guy Lafleur resting, uh, by the way, lying in state at the Bell Center for the next couple of days. That's crazy, um, yeah? Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? And Rocket Richard, I mean, you know, he's one of the greatest players ever. And uh, so I think that's a great, you know, that's a great achievement. It's, it's a great, great honor. Yeah, well, what, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and it's one of those honors that, you know, it's not picked by a committee of sports writers or anything. It's like clear cut. It's like, you know, Connor McDavid won the Art Art Ross Trophy, which is most points. And Austin won most goals. Uh, So, yeah, it's fantastic. But again, it gets back to the same old thing. You know, today is May 2nd. It was 55 years ago today, May 2nd, 1967. The Leafs won their last Stanley Cup so you know back in the 60s it was over by now mm-hmm. so may 2nd 67 leafs win the that's the last time the leafs won the stanley cup and that's why all this other stuff to me is just aggravating yeah it's great to win that for matthews and you know they had a great season and everything but this is the only thing that matters they haven't even been in a stanley cup final since then so i'm i i'm just impatient i with get it, it all. man yeah
0: well, you know i totally listen it's i, I and i you know i sort of kid you about you know hating the team but I grew up hating the team it's funny I talked a lot about that with my buddy on Saturday about why I was a Bruins fan and my whole childhood was consumed with Bobby Orr and you know I told him I was a little disappointed with Orr you know about the Trump stuff but I sure. still I'd still like to meet him you know uh-huh. I told him how thrilled I was when I had a chance to sit down in Florida there and have dinner with Jerry Cheevers. I told him I'd been yeah. uh, starstruck by it all. But sure. but here's the thing. I do have empathy for you because you're a dear friend, and I'd love the team to do well. And it's kind of, again, I've been here in this city for 30-plus years, so of course I want the team to do well. But I can see if you were really invested how frustrating it would be just to get by this first round. Uh-huh. And so if they do, is there any chance they could go beyond this?
1: Yeah, I think if they prove they could beat Tampa Bay, they could pretty much beat anyone. Because that, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, the idea of them three-peating is very, very real. Is it? Um, oh, yeah. And that, it's just unfortunate. You know, the the Eastern Conference, very strong this year. Like, I think five of the teams had over 100 points. And uh, this just, in, in a year that... Tampa Bay just dropped a bit and finished third in the uh, division. The Leafs finished second. Leafs get home ice advantage. It's just it's just a shitty matchup for the Leafs, and I'm sorry. I look at it from every angle. I just can't see the Leafs winning this series. Honestly, I can't see it going beyond five, maybe six. But I know what Tampa Bay is going to come out. They're going to throw a blanket over Mitch Marner, mm-hmm. and as Marner goes. Matthews goes and then it's going to be I wouldn't be surprised, Howard, if the Leafs don't score 10 goals in this series. Well, you've said both of those things now repeatedly
0: yeah. and I don't even know what they mean. I know Mitch Marner is a key player. I know what 10 goals means, but what I don't okay. understand is if you know that and you have a pretty good hockey brain, mm-hmm. don't, the those guys down the street from here, they know that too. They know that they're they've already thought of that. They've got to have some way around the
1: Mitch Marner problem well, well i hope what is that well john i don't know Tavares? i'm
0: not um, but I'm, pardon me
1: well, i guess that's john Tavares and william nylander to me it's just not enough and their goaltending is
0: like well that's Jack the Campbell
1: against vala's vala left's vala or whatever his name is um
0: are we still allowing russians to uh, play in the league yeah. even though they're trying to take over the world
1: Um, Yeah, I just, it's just a shitty matchup, top to bottom to me, for the Leafs, especially in the playoffs, and uh, Tampa Bay has proved that they can do it, and have done it, and could do it again, so. Well, well, let's just, you know, here's the thing about
0: sports that we all love, is that you might be right, but you just never know. And the problem with the Leafs isn't, to me, I don't know much about Marner, but if you say their goaltending isn't you know sufficient that might be the pr- the problem is you really need somebody to get hot for 2 months and if you don't think that potential is there i mean that's the story yeah. of you know how Dryden came into the league he just got he got called up and got hot at the right time and yeah. then you know the legend was born
1: and 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 last year against montreal too it's like leafs really outplayed them and everything and then montreal would come down the ice and score a softie and you could just feel the team sag and then the rest. You know, Mitch Marner hasn't scored a playoff goal like he's 18 straight games without a playoff goal. How so is that? Uh, he's, he's got a lot to prove, too. When the puck drops, that he's got to prove that he can perform in the playoffs. That puts a lot of pressure on you. And then if they if they put a shadow on you, ah, I just, it's not going to work.
0: What about uh, Matthews? How does he play in the playoffs?
1: He had one goal in the Montreal series last year. These guys have a lot to prove. Like there's, As you know, there's two seasons. Yeah, And the problem with being the goal scorer is
0: because your expectations are that you're a goal scorer come the playoffs. Uh-huh. You know, things get tighter. Games are games are lower scoring. Generally, that's why, as you say, you need uh-huh. you need a you need a goalie and you need somebody to kind of come through that maybe you right. didn't expect. And you got to win some close games, which they haven't done. All they've done is lose close games. hmm. Uh-huh.
1: And again, they had a great regular season. Yeah, rah, 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 super. (laughs) I know. I love the fact that Mm -hmm. my favorite part
0: of this part of the year is that you have been heading toward this now since the puck dropped in the fall. We have. We've had this conversation. Yeah. 81
1: or two games ago. And now it's here. Tonight's tonight. But you see the teams that win in the way they're built. The Leafs just aren't built that way. They're just not.
0: But it is exciting. This is an exciting time of year. And I say this because it will be my first Leaf game watching tonight. In fact, I thought of the Leaf game. I didn't know if it was tonight or this week, but I knew it was coming up. But I thought of it yesterday when there was like at one point during the broadcast on the PGA Tour, there was five or six guys within one stroke of the lead with four or five holes to go. And I thought to myself, this is why I love this game, because every Sunday... At four Mm -hmm. in the afternoon, there's an unpredictable outcome. And then I started thinking, that must be what it's like for my boy, Freddie, this week, that finally it counts. And even though you think the prediction is, you know, the Leafs will lose in five, it's still unpredictable.
1: You still never know. Hey, listen, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Of course you you do. You know, as, uh, you know as, as I sit here as a reporter, I'm just, you know, people, <laughs> honestly, people say, what do you think is going to happen? I'm not going to bullshit. That's what I think is going to happen. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, well, let's table the Leafs for a second because Dr. Brian's going to be here.
0: Dr. Brian Goldman, we've talked to him about COVID. We've talked to him. I'm, I'm, we'll do a little COVID with him, but he's got a new book about teams. Uh, I did want to mention that, speaking of hockey, I don't know if because I know you don't really follow a lot of social media, but Wayne Gretzky has uh, been featured on a bunch of videos that I've just popped up in my social media feeds. I, th- I don't know if it's Instagram or TikTok. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a series mm-hmm. of interviews. hmm Have you seen any of them? No. I don't even have TikTok. He's um. He's my age. He's younger than you. Mm-hmm. But I think he and I are like 61, 62. He doesn't look great. I don't know if you've seen him lately. I agree. He's something, um, and I want to say what I think it is, but I'm curious, first of all, if you confirm, like, he doesn't, Mm -hmm. he doesn't look very healthy right now to me. No. He looks a bit bloated, a little bit inflamed. Yes. Yes. A little puffy in the face. Yes. I'm going to tell you what I I think it is. What? I think he drinks a lot. He looks to me like somebody that drinks a lot. Oh might be my personal you know bias or or my observation he, he just looks inflamed to me his face looks like that of a sort of a long time drinker interesting like very ruddy
1: red mm-hmm. bloated inflamed
0: <laughs>
1: but, uh, <laughs> sounds I attractive to- doesn't it yeah he does those commercials right now for mgm i think uh sportsbook or whatever and uh, yeah, when he walks or when he walks on, on into the scene, it's like, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't
0: look well. Well, these videos I've been sort of been popping up on my social have been uh, are, are not very well lit like they're not. It's not like in a studio. It's just him and a couple of guys talking. And now on the upside, the the conversation's fascinating it's talking a lot of it. One of the ones I, he was talking about how his dad used to mo or how the coaches when he was a little kid, like 16, 15, whenever. Uh, and they wouldn't, if they ever wanted to motivate him in a game, they would ask, they, the coach would ask uh, Walter to come and uh, be at that game. And then when, when Grant cause Wayne, when he, when his father or mother were in the fan, were in the stands as fans, it just sort of, you know, got him going a little bit, you know, just little <laughs> sort of side stories that are kind of like, Oh, that's cool. And, you know, then that, that and the fact he looks all all bloated and red-faced. <laughs> Maybe he needs Noom. I sound terrible, though. I mean, like, I I don't know. He is. He just looks... Uh, he doesn't look healthy. You're judgy. Well, yeah. And again, I recognize it. It has that sort of drinker's face a little bit. You know, it's like I said, it's sort of ruddy and red. Mm-hmm. Uh, also thought of you on the weekend. Uh, I played with my brother, Smart Dave. Goddamn Dave Smart, eh?
1: Oh, very smart man. Yes. Like, it's a bit much. Well, he's a thinker. He really is. Mm -hmm. And and
0: when he goes into, like, I spent a lot of time with him for a few days, and he starts talking about things, and he just has this assumption that I know what he's talking about, and I have to keep putting up my hand like a kid. (laughs) They do. I go, hang on, hang on a second. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I really don't. Anyway, he and I are playing with a a couple of my friends, one of which is one of my best golf buddies, Paul, who is a former tour player. You've met him before. Paul Henrik is his name. Mm -hmm. And We're playing and uh, I'm on the green. It's uh, like the seventh or eighth hole. And I'm just marking my ball. And my friend Paul's in the bunker. And I'm I'm nowhere in the line of flight. Like, he's going in one direction. And I'm way to the right. And he's in a, a bunker, you know, a, a greenside bunker. And, and I'm not even paying attention. He's a former tour player. There's no way in the world I would even be worried. Again, I'm not in his line of flight. But he kind of hits the ball on the side of the club, a.k.a. shanks it, And it comes flying at me, hits me in the thigh, like grazes my thigh and just and just goes whizzing by my dink. Like Mm. it didn't hit it, but the air like I could just feel it whiz by like Mm -hmm. I got nut grazed is what happened. Oh, like it's the kind of thing where if it had hit me because it it, it stung my thigh just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if that had hit me square, I may have lost a nut. Yeah,
1: and the thing is, you've already got a stinging in that area. <laughs> no, this would have been a co- this would have compounded the problem. It was, it was, no, my my stinging your
0: my stinging pee is it's, it's been taken care of. I'm not uh, suffering from that. Although I do still have urgent, frequent, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. Some frequent <laughs> urination. Doctor Goldman's like, great. This is how it's going to start. We're going to be talking about frequent urination. Welcome I'm not to your- a
3: urologist.
0: Neither am I. In 60s. Yeah. But I I was just, I was telling Freddie, I was playing golf with some guys on Saturday. I got very close to having a golf ball in the testicle, Mm -hmm. which that can't be good. But quickly, my question to you is, why did you think of me? Well, because uh, (laughs) you went, because you play when, because the last time I played with anyone where somebody got hit was when I played with you and you almost hit uh, the Sherpa. Oh, what you, did I? I thought you did, didn't you? Well, no, I know what it was when you hit into those people we were, we were playing behind. That's yeah, right. I was
1: looking at the wrong hole, remember? <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: Which I'm sure Brian has had, uh, he's probably looked at the wrong hole from time to time. Brian Goldman is the host of White Coat Black Art on CBC Radio and the Dose Podcast. As you know, he's a friend of the show and an emergency room physician. Welcome back to our program, Dr. Brian.
3: Hey, great to be with you
0: can you just lean in or, or turn your volume up a little bit if you don't mind it's a little bit on the lower side
3: oh my god i uh that's oh and is that better now
0: yeah i just turned him up and freddie what we'll do is i i've got him the thing is pinned so just take a second before you jump in uh, of course dr brian is our gig sky guest of the day we'll tell you more about that in a second dr brian welcome back how are you sir
3: I'm doing fine, thanks for asking. You know, we're uh, we're still uh, dealing with this pandemic in a different kind of way. It's become two pandemics. You know, you've got you've got the, what the world is facing, and then you've got what healthcare workers like me are facing. And you know, every time, basically, what's happening is that every time a colleague tests positive for COVID or has a family member with COVID, they have to go into isolation. So you know, we still have to staff the emergency department. So uh, what it means is that we we somebody has to step up. So I did four shifts in five days. I've just finished that, and I'm exhausted. And uh, there's still more of us. We hope there's light at the end of the tunnel, but uh, but it just means we're we're working our arses off, as we say.
1: Well, 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 doctor, the the numbers, the numbers we're getting seem to be sort of plateauing, but that's not reflective in in the burden it is on on healthcare workers
3: you've got it exactly. Yeah, they're plateauing, and and you know I'm cautiously optimistic that that hospital admissions and ICU admissions are are are, are kind of peaking and are going to be on their way down. So that's all good. Um, you know the and and we're also very fortunate right now that Omicron and all of the all of the subvariants that have come from it, I've lost count. Ba four, ba five. I don't even know what we're up to right now. That they're milder. You know, we haven't had a really bad one for a while, which is which is great, and I hope it just stays that way. But uh, you know, we're still dealing with trying to prevent healthcare workers from bringing infections into the hospital, which would which would really compromise the, the ability of of the hospital to function. And we still have this backlog of of cancer surgeries and and other kinds of of non cancer operations like hip replacements, knee replacements that that we're trying to catch up to. Uh, you know, not a shift goes by that I don't see somebody. Who comes to the emergency department who has some kind of medical problem that was probably made a lot worse uh, because they uh, didn't come in to see a doctor. Some people were afraid to see their doctors, sure. and, and so we're dealing with that. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff that we're a lot of backlog we have to deal with.
0: You're so uniquely qualified in in terms of commentating on this because you've got a broadcast uh, background and you're an author and you're also an emergency room physician. And of course, the rest of us it's all just speculation. But but from a psychological standpoint, you know. I've even noticed the last few weeks where I was very much still wearing masks and going into grocery stores. I went into somewhere yesterday. I'm like, ah, I don't have my mask with me. And I just went in anyway now. Are we uh, psychologically
3: as a group over
0: this? And and will that be uh, our downfall come the fall?
3: Yeah, um, you know, that, that could be. I think psychologically you're bang on. We are over it. I think most of us are over it and and you can see now you know early on after the mask mandates were lifted um, people still wore masks. Now, you know, I, I, I don't know if you've noticed, I certainly noticed this is just my anecdotal impression when I go into supermarkets, when I go into to coffee shops, that fewer people are wearing masks and the store staff are not wearing masks. And uh, I know, I,
0: to- let me interject there. In the city, of t- where, I, I would tell you that universally where I've gone, whether it's grocery, restaurant, or events, the staff all seems to still be wearing masks. That's been okay, my experience. Well,
3: that, that's great. Uh, there's one coffee shop where, you know, the, the the shop owner is pretty careful and this is all anecdotal stuff, sure. which means that, you know, you see what you see and, and you've got to, you've got a you know, if, if you're going to take a poll, you know, a scientific poll, then maybe you come up with a different answer, but, or, but, but I, I'm telling you like a place where, where the shopkeeper was very, very careful, stopped wearing masks about three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, when you do that, you're sending a message to your patrons you that you should feel comfortable not wearing a mask in this place Mm -hmm. and 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 the different you know the different solitudes for us like as a healthcare worker i haven't stopped wearing ppe Mm -hmm. in fact i'm still wearing now i'm wearing an n95 mask where before it was just a procedure mask and i've got a face shield on and Mm -hmm. and uh so so that's my reality that my reality hasn't changed at all
1: right and again we we have to think of that because again it gets back to the frontline workers you have a completely different experience than we have i'll tell you a major disappointment for me saturday going to the jays game drove to long branch got on the go train now they're still asking that people wear masks on the go train now whether you think it's necessary whether you think it's stupid whether you think um you should or you shouldn't They have asked you to wear masks on the go train. Yeah. So you can take them off, you know, a lot of places, but there are certain places where they still sort of suggest you do it. I was appalled at the number of people that didn't wear masks just out of courtesy. Like, you know, I, I could get on there and think, you know, this mask is stupid, but you know what? Again, teamwork. We're sort of all in this together. So let's put our mask on on the go train while we're all crushed in here together until we get to Union Station. And, you know, when I looked around and I just felt like asking some of the people, like, you're not wearing a mask. Like, what would your reason be? And to me, it was just really, really disappointing because that was a level where we could still be pulling together. But people have decided, screw that, too.
3: It's vapid. It, it's a it, there's, I, I, know, I hear what you're saying. And, and the thing that's astonishing to me when I, you know, with my previous book uh, for Power of Kindness, I, I traveled to Japan. Where a lot of people back in 2016 were wearing masks everywhere. And there was a culture that said that they, in fact, you know, it it seemed peculiar because they were hiding their faces behind their masks. But it was they were acculturated to wear masks. Our first opportunity to ditch the mask here, Mm -hmm. we ditched it. Yeah, it's gone. It's like it never happened. And, and I'm you know, it shows you that there's a huge cultural difference that, you know, from one country to the next. And, and let,
1: let me be clear. I've sort of ditched my masks in most of the places where you don't have to anymore. And the thing is, if I didn't have to wear one, if they hadn't have requested you wear it on a go train or public transit. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn 't but they they asked us to, so I
0: right. did. And, and, so, and and Brian, I still wore my mask i still yesterday I, I, I wore it into a grocery store, but later on, I had an errand to run, and i just didn 't have it, but i haven 't stopped wearing it in in those situations, uh, Fred uh, referenced teamwork, and I mentioned earlier Brian's latest book is called "The Power of Teamwork." And i, I want to get a, your I want to get a sense of what the book is about. But I find it interesting, and sort of I guess uh, as a segue, that what we've witnessed the last couple years is the push and pull of teamwork and how some people are on board. And you know, like the joke is, the teamwork makes the dream work. And some people didn't get on board. Was that the impetus, or partly for the book?
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, clearly I'm a healthcare person, and uh, and so I was intrigued by the journey from me to we in healthcare, um, because it, you know, things patients are too complicated, data. You know, you can't learn it all, you can't know it all, and you really need to extend your mind. Uh, Your reach of information and and insight by having a team. It's called team cognition. And, uh, uh, you know, there's no question. There's there's now plenty of brain research that shows that the more we operate in a team, the better we, we are. So you you mentioned push-pull, which is fascinating because, uh, yes, we do. You know, in healthcare, we had teamwork. You know, we have uh, a, a form of resuscitation now where early on in the pandemic, everybody who had a cardiac arrest, who had a respiratory arrest, had COVID until proven otherwise. That's still true. And so you had to have a call. It's called a protected code blue. What that means is that I have to don... This elaborate PPE in the right order, and I have to doff it in the right order. And if I don't, I'm going to spread germs around, maybe expose myself and others. And we're all in this danger. Like we were, if, you know, we all had the same risk: patients and healthcare staff. And so we evolved these teams that that like people early on in cardiac arrests. Uh, we called them PCBs, protected code blues. Would come from all over the hospital. Can I help? How can I pitch in? And, and what you had, you had people in the room wearing the PPE. They were the ones resuscitating the patient. But you also had this other team outside the room acting as spotters, as helpers, running errands, running drugs to and from the room, making sure the equipment was working, making sure there was two-way communication. And we had never seen this, this level of teamwork before. That, that, so that's one trend that's in healthcare but outside of healthcare how many of us have been working from home and have developed this insular mentality that says i don't need other people i'm self sufficient and and so you've got that other thing and as you know people are are starting to you know people are craving having meetings with other people yeah. in the flesh so that they can be together and have that greater easier flow of ideas so those were some of the reasons why i wanted to write the book now why i think it's so pertinent I want to talk
0: a little bit about the teamwork of the Toronto Maple Leafs and how woefully dismal that has been, and we're going to get to it. I find it interesting, though, that you wrote this book coming from, you know, sort of a traditionally patriarchal, top down profession of medicine where the doctors are the kings and, you know, no one can speak truth to power. And that is, I think, over time proven to be. That has changed, or maybe I'll ask you the question. In your time as a physician, that sort of doctor as lord kind of vibe, it has changed in the hospital, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, it has. It's been slow, and it's not just you know a narcissistic you know a move away from a narcissistic or godlike um, attitude. It actually comes from a deep insecurity. There is not just a power of making the decisions I alone uh if I can cop the phrase but there's also a, a, an expectation that you alone doctor are supposed to be able to have all the answers mm-hmm. all the time you're supposed to know everything you're supposed to stride into the resuscitation room everybody's fumbling with problems you're supposed to create order out of chaos and you're supposed to start barking orders and it's all supposed to come off the top of your head well that doesn't that's not the way it works not today I you know, I told a story in the power of teamwork of a young woman, a young mother of two kids under the age of seven who was going into hospital for same day surgery for a routine sinus operation to straighten her her septum and to clean out her sinus, and she ended up with irreversible brain damage because she had the equivalent of a stall in an in-flight emergency, you know, a sudden or an en- or an engine flame out. Mm-hmm. And it it went unrecognized for 20 minutes. And and in spite of the fact there were three uh, experienced, two anesthetists and one ENT surgeon combined, 60 years of experience, each one sequentially trying to secure this woman's airway, failing to do so. Her oxygen saturation was dropping, you know, the clothespin test that we do to see if we should go to the hospital with COVID. You know, it should be 90 plus, 95. In her case, it was in the 40s. And nobody was noticing that, except there was a nurse in a still small voice who comes in and says, "Doctors, I've brought the surgical airway in, meaning a tracheostomy. So if you can't intubate, if you can't pass a breathing tube down, and the, and the oxygen's going down, then you you have to recognize it and insert, do a tracheostomy, and you can save the patient's life." And they could have. And it's a recognized emergency with a recognized treatment. But they all fail to recognize it because, as I argue in the book, there was no teamwork. Right. Teamwork means having a leader who doesn't bark orders and and answer the questions, but is good at asking the questions and asking for the wisdom of the room. What do we see here? What's going on? Okay, you think she needs a surgical airway. Why? What made what did you see that made you say that? If you can ask those questions and get the wisdom of the team, you can save a life.
0: Um, Before Freddie jumps in, uh, you you know, you you mentioned it like like it's stalled like an aviation term. There's a very famous story of of, I can't I think it was a Japanese or a Korean airline. You may know it. Korean. And it, it was the it, it, it basically was there was two engine, an engineer and a first officer. They recognized something was wrong with the plane, but they were afraid to tell the captain and everyone died. And the reason it became famous is because it was not just uh, it changed the way aviation instructions were given. But that that whole concept of changed the how the dynamic worked with with power in power situations, just as you've described.
3: Yeah, exactly. And it, it turned out. That and, and there are actually many such examples that it wasn't, you know, for a while, people thought experts in, hu- in, in, in uh, de- the design of, of, of aircraft and cockpit thought that it was the technology. That was failing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked about the you know, we all know about the Supermax 737. So so that's that's the current example. But that's recency bias. In fact, the majority of of airline mishaps are due to human factors. Pilot error. Number one human factor is lack of communication. And in that case, it was a hierarchical model. So what they evolved (laughs) in is a new model. It's called crew resource management, which is CRM, CRM everybody with skin in the game yep. has a right to say what they see and that includes passengers and you know i i interviewed a pilot who also happens to be a cardiothoracic surgeon he's a commercial pilot wow. and he says that if a passenger notices something funny dripping from the wing they might be the first person to notice it mm-hmm. and so, of course you want that to that flow of communication because it might save the plane
1: what would the consequences be of those doctors who who didn't notice
3: they kept on practicing um you know it was an inquest there was a lawsuit there was a settlement and uh and they kept on practicing and hopefully they learned what came from that that case is a documentary called just a routine procedure yeah wow. the idea was to teach anesthesiologists and other people in the operating room to recognize this the equivalent of an in-flight emergency, this dire emergency, and and uh, in t- and, and here's what you do about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, you know, I wanted to use that as an example to talk about le- about leadership in the in the operating room. You know, this is op- this often happens when there's a sudden mishap in medicine that you don't know who the leader is. That a bunch of experienced people will sequentially kind of dive in and say, "I'm going to fix this," but but you need somebody to take a step back and not jump in and just say, "What do we have here?" Right, And I talk about some of the questions you can ask that can draw the wisdom in the room. What do we see? What makes you say that? That's the critical thinking part of it. And then you don't stop the inquiry. You say, what more can we see? Somebody else might notice something else Mm -hmm. that might not be, you know, that might enrich the understanding or might give another clue as to what needs to be done to fix it.
1: Well, what happens in a situation like that where time is of the essence, like you don't have much time? Yeah. So like somebody's dropping quickly.
3: Right. Do you remember? Do you remember Sully Sullenberger? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Brought the U.S. Air uh, Air yes. Flight down to a safe landing on the Hudson and ditched the plane on the Hudson and got everybody out alive. He talks about tunnel vision. You develop tunnel vision, which means you're only focusing on one thing. The 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 sad and curious thing is that the three surgeons, like the two anesthesiologists and the and the ENT surgeon, when they were in, when they were questioned on the witness stand of the inquest. How, how much time did you think went by? They both had this time distortion. They mm-hmm. thought it was two or three or four or five minutes. It was 20 minutes. And that made all the difference because you're losing 10% of your okay. brain cells each minute. So, so the, now, sometimes you can't avoid that, that the tunnel vision. But the w- one way to, to, to mitigate that risk is to in- get the wisdom of the room. Because what it does is, it, there are other people in the room who don't have the tunnel vision that you have, because they don't have the "I alone" feeling. If I don't fix this, this patient's going to die, and I'm getting all scared. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing, I'm doing it again and again and again, and it's not working. But somebody else in the room doesn't feel the same anxiety that you, and maybe in a better position to 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 see to to see what's necessary and to say what they see
0: dr brian goldman is uh hanging with us his book is called the power of teamwork and tonight the uh i don't even know what it, the journey of frustration talk about a patient on the table yeah, the toronto maple leafs have been on i don't know some kind of death spiral that's actually a, a little a mixed metaphor uh, aviation term as well um What about, because I asked Fred a question this morning, I mean, Fred has this idea that, you know, Tampa Bay is just going to tie up Mitch Marner and their goaltending isn't very good. And I said, well, if you know that, well, the Toronto Maple Leafs must have a sense of that. Do you think there's a way uh, to put into context that maybe the teamwork of the Leafs hasn't been as good as it could be?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, I can put, I can give you lots of context that, first of all, I mean, you know, see the Montreal Canadiens. You know, why did the Montreal Canadiens, who, of course, finished, were they dead last or almost dead last? Um, they, Yeah, I think they were dead last. They, they they, defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs last year with their backs against the wall. Um, and, yeah, you know, you can say they cheated. You know, they had – well, they had an all-world goalie who, who played all-world, Carey Price, um, and, and uh, you know, they hit the hell out of the Leafs, and they had a game plan. Okay, so that's the first thing. They had a game plan to to neutralize the Leafs best weapons. And uh, you know, I think I think uh, the whole John Tavares thing was a fluke. But the fact is that they had articulated team goals which were superior based on, I guess, better intelligence, and they knew what belief's best weapons were and they knew how to how to neutralize them. They functioned better as a team. They were, you know, they 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 had the forwards going back to the uh, into the defensive zone, into the into the D zone to to support the defense. So it wasn't just up to the defense uh, to hit the hell out of the leaf forwards. Uh, And they all played together as a better as a team. And, you know, there are plenty of examples. So 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 we're approaching. Let's let's talk about Mm -hmm. tonight's game. No question. uh, Tampa Bay knows how to win better than Toronto. Tampa Bay uh, has won more Game Sevens than almost any other team, and Toronto has lost elimination games, you know, more than almost any other team. Uh, are there things that are different about the Leafs this year? Absolutely, they have better defense. There is no question that they have a more evenly distributed skill set among the defensemen that they've got. Uh, I think they have a, a better. Uh, they have a goalie with a with higher potential. There, are, there are lots of question marks about them. I think you know Freddie Anderson for the Carolina Hurricanes has so much to prove. I don't care what he did during the regular season. He, you know, it looks like he could check out with his latest injury, and he's Mm -hmm. too to play. We'll have to see what's going on because that happened in the last three weeks of the season. Yes. So, so so we have potentially a goalie. I know Howie Berger thinks that he's, uh, you know, he he's got the stuff if he can get back to the mindset. He seems to be getting back to that calm mindset that he had, you know, before, Uh, and and. You know the Leafs. I guess. I guess the the thing that 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 gives me the most hope is how well the Leafs played without uh, without uh, Austin Matthews in the lineup. They actually right. win very well when he's not uh-huh. in the lineup, which tells you that when they have addition by subtraction, the team plays better.
1: I know, but teams one thing. Um, but then it's a physical game, and you actually have to go out there and yeah. perform. What if your teamwork just isn't good enough? That's a, a thing. The, the Leafs might be a much better team now, but top to bottom, what, that's just not enough to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are a pretty good team themselves.
3: Yeah, no, no question. Yeah. We don't have Victor Hedman. We don't have Nikita mm-hmm. off there's, there's no question we don't. We don't have Braden Point. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we, we don't have Palat. You know they have they have some incredibly skilled players who who cost a ton less money than ours. Yes, <laughs> and, and 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 nobody ever talks about the tax. You know the the taxes being lower, and that's a right. tremendous financial advantage uh, in 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 the state of Florida compared to like why they don't level that playing field and allow Canadian teams to have a higher h- higher cap. Mm-hmm to compensate for that i mean what i mean why are they trying to screw toronto
1: well well steven Stamco signed for eight million in florida and realizes more money than somebody that would sign for 11 million in toronto so i i i see where you're coming from i,
0: love, I just want to say yeah. brian i just love how the fact that we've gone from uh, you know uh, uh emergency room physician to just a full-on leaf nerd uh talking about your team i love it um but i get the passion in uh being a leaf fan uh, i'm not one of them but i am an obs <laughs> and i'm I'm not I'm an observer of Leaf fans and there is def- Leaf fans as a team are amongst the uh, most cohesive of units.
3: <laughs> Listen, let me tell you, I, there's no hope. I have no hope. <laughs> I, have, I have no. Look, this is all analysis. And I I can't I cope with my in, with my anticipated disappointment. Deep disappointment. I can't sleep after they lose during the regular season. He's like, "Oh, your buddy, there." No,
1: no, I'm not. Regular season, I'm okay, but <laughs> he's playoffs. done now. Yeah. Going to
3: mourning. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I, you know, I'm gonna have to go into mourning. Uh, when they lose, and I and I've already said when they lose, I'm prepared. Of course, of course, they're going to lose. I, you know, I can't maintain that hope. And you know what people say to me? Why don't you just choose another team? I can't.
1: No, same I here. I
3: could choose my siblings.
1: Yeah, you can't do that. So, do you think they're going to lose this Tampa series?
3: Um, yeah. And intellect. Uh, look, I you know I retain a chinchilla of hope. Um, look, if they if they lose the first two games, they're going to lose the series. Um, you know, Tampa Bay has to be thinking, let's split the first two in Toronto and yeah. we're home and cooled. We'll, yeah. And then we'll have home ice advantage. On the other hand, Toronto did really well. I mean, you know, Toronto got, got smoked eight to one, but they also spanked Tampa Bay a couple of weeks earlier. All right. You know, maybe, you know, maybe Wayne Simmons skates through the crease uh, and happens to accidentally uh, make contact with Vasilevsky. Uh, yeah. OK, I That's get it. That's probably their greatest hope. Uh, yeah, but yes. you know, but,
0: get, but getting back to your book and the idea that uh, the power of teamwork, but I, I, what I love about sports, and again, I'm going to start, I'll, I haven't watched any Leaf games this year because I can't stand the team, but playoff hockey, I find interesting. And what I said to Freddie, too, is it's the unpredictable nature of sport. You just never know what you guys described. You never know who's going to show up. Maybe this goaltender gets hot at the right time. But one of the problems with hockey, and, I, and I've been doing a lot of reading about you know elite, how elite amateurs or how elite professionals operate. The problem with hockey is that if, in, in a lot of sports, if you're looking for your confidence from results— it's, it's always tenuous because you never know what the results are going to be, whereas teams like Montreal last year and Tampa Bay for the last couple of years, it seems to me they get their confidence from the process, and the process is where you get the results from. The Leafs, unfortunately, because there's such high expectations. That they have to have results. And I think that more than anything, and I won't get your guys to comment, that expectation puts a layer on the leaves that maybe Absolutely. other teams don't have.
3: Yeah, you know, I think I think I think you're right about that. And, and there's a huge, giant magnifying glass, you know, with the Toronto media focusing on the Leafs. Uh, it's, it's just I mean, it's you've got to be a special player to be able to shrug that off in this city. And and, uh, you know, we do have a few players that seem to be able to do that. Um, I, I will say this, you know, about the, re- the, the results point. I don't think anybody who has achieved more results this year than than Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and in and you know Mitch Marner has hey he's got 35 goals by making himself a goal scoring threat it means that you don't know whether he's going to pass or shoot anymore and a goalie right. has to guess and Basilevsky mm. is not is not superman but you know, he's not but, super
1: but, goalie. Brian here's the problem with that from my perspective Mitch Marner hasn't scored a playoff goal in 18 games or whatever it is, and he's had a great season, and everybody's talking about that for all the reasons that you just talked about. Going into this playoff series, the the magnifying glass is on him now. It's like, okay, you haven't scored in 18. You had a great regular season. Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. That's going to put so much pressure on him. Yep. It will. So he's not going to be able to just go out on the ice and play tonight. He's going to have that on his mind and he's going to have Tampa all over him. They're going to throw a blanket over him. It's going to take a pretty special player to rise above that. And I I, I can't I don't know if that's possible. And and I hope it is. But, you know, we shall see.
3: It's an interesting thing. You know, so why did he start throwing the puck over the over the glass? um you know in the latter games of of the series against montreal last year i think some of that is i alone some of that is the feeling that i'm the one who has to solve this mm-hmm. and if you trust the team
0: mm-hmm.
3: and there's no question there's way more skill on this team and you know i was going to be like what is what do we have that's better than tampa bay we have a better third line than they do and and they can do a lot of damage they can tie up Uh, I
1: hope
0: so. I think they can. Well, let's let's sum it up by saying, uh, Dr. Brian Goldman, first of all, you're you're just a beautiful person. Thank you for doing this. Secondly, the book is called The Power of Teamwork. And maybe this is a good I mean, maybe the regular season's all about the individual and the playoffs in hockey are about the team because teamwork is based on process, not individual results. How do you like that?
3: I love that. And, uh, you know, and that's one of the reasons why you have to have a lot of respect for John Cooper, uh, the Tampa Bay coach. And, and, but you know what? Uh, Sheldon keep is a good coach too. And I think he's well-respected around the league, maybe more respected than he is in Toronto. And, uh, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's got some tricks up his sleeve too. Hey, can
1: I just make one, um, back to COVID for a second? And we've said this cause Howard and I, you know, you lose patience with anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers our society here, people over 90% vaxxed or whatever, don't you think it was a pretty good indication, a pretty good display of teamwork, mm-hmm. the people of Ontario doing their part Great to get point. on the other side of this?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, You know, I you know, I think a shout outs to, to everybody who's gotten vaccinated, shout out to, to the system for pulling together. For innovating on the fly.
0: Yes. And the public
3: for buying into it as long as they did.
0: And to continue this, madam, because we all trusted in the process. We didn't, we, 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 we gave up our individual, you know, yeah. bullshit uh, I wanted to tell you quickly, I don't, I don't know if you knew this about me But I've had a pilot's license for years And when I used to take, my take people up And, you know, part of the checklist is to give a passenger briefing And I, I think one time somebody said to me, why are you telling me this? I don't know how to fly, I said, here's why Because if you see a plane coming toward us I'd like you to fucking tell me so both of us don't die how about, how, about, how about that? And I said, I, I used to joke, I'd say, mm. if you see any, I said, if you see some of these things, these dials start to spin, also tell me that too.
2: You know, <laughs>
0: uh, Dr. Brian, good talking to you, my friend. Hope you're well. And uh, I, we'd love to Thanks, have you doctor. back anytime you'll do the show, okay?
3: Hey, go, let's go.
0: Yes, my brother. Look <laughs> at that. Super smart guy, still loves the Toronto Maple Leafs. Huh? Well, you know, just,
1: just let yourself out, Brian. Yeah, that's a thing as he talks about too What what frontline workers are still going through He's all sort of moved on to the next step But They're not there yet. Uh, If you've decided, like
0: a lot of people, maybe it's time to get out of the endless dreariness that is this never-ending winter, spring, whatever you want to call it, and you're thinking about getting out of town, GigSky, who brought you our GigSky guest of the day today, Brian Goldman, offers a 100% data plan for all your data needs. That's right. And data says do it. You deserve peace of mind when you travel, so serve like a local with the tap of a button. Download the GigSky app today and enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit GigSky.com for more information. And of course, we've been talking about GigSky travel rewards. Visit GigSky.com and find out more about that. HF2022 gets you $5
1: off your first plan. And you know, travel is a uh, large dimension of the chambers of commerce group insurance plan go to chamberplan.ca get a free quote for your small business canada's number one group benefits plan for small business of course there's prescriptions and dental coverages and um, some therapies and that uh, as i say the teledoc system and now they have an hr component and a mental health uh, consideration all these things, you know Talk about a moving target like COVID. They're adjusting all the time to give you what you need for the proper coverage uh, through the Chamber Plan. Chamberplan.ca. And, of course, the point I'm going to make is travel insurance on top. It's top notch. You get great coverage through the Chamber Plan. Take the time today. Find out what it's all about, what it would cost your small company. Chamberplan.ca.
0: I was telling somebody, one of the other guys in my group on Saturday also had the same thing with his heart that I did a couple of years ago. He's about the same age as me too. 61, 62 category and he had the uh, cardiac ablation which is what I had and I told him, I said, I, know, I don't know if you remember, his name's Greg. I said, Greg, I had mine in uh, Phoenix. He's like, oh yeah I forgot. He said, how much did that cost? I said, dude I, had, and I was telling him about the chamber plan I said, I had this great small business, Freddie and I have small business insurance and I said, I found out that it gives you 180 days of coverage While you're traveling And uh, that chamber plan Saved me just shy of $200,000 US And I'm, I'm not sure if I've actually Ever said it out loud on the show I think I have But it's a couple hundred grand For six yeah. days in the hospital
1: mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and that's just the reality If you're going to get sick you know, If you're going to get sick traveling man And you're a small business It couldn't be a, a better choice for you Interesting what he was saying, Dr. Brian, about your team and uh, the idea that, and, and I, when, I, when I came up with that thought about, I, I, again, it's not new. We all know it's a lot of pressure playing in Toronto, but as each year goes by, I mean, you're a perfect example. You're a huge fan of the team, but you thought, you said, fuck the regular season. I don't even give a shit about it anymore, even though by almost any standard, and I've only been a casual observer, they had a great season they got one of the best players in the on the league on their team
1: and a few others that are very very high quality but the playoffs are about the team well this is it howard you know in the early 2000s too i believe under pat quinn the leafs had great regular seasons and then went to a couple of uh, conference finals to the third round this team has done nothing and again i think they're going to stall in the first round again it's you know, I mean, there are so many factors. Um, part of this for the Leafs is bad timing too, because when they become really good, other teams in the conference are really, really good too. There have been situations where a team becomes really good, and they're pretty, pretty much clear cut when it comes to the competition in their conference. It's not that way this year, unfortunately. You know, when you talk about the regular season, I'm hardly interested in this series against Tampa Bay because it's, it's the opening series. I've seen this act before. Mm-hmm. They get through this one, then okay, you're going to get my interest.
0: Well, it's like I brought this up yesterday or the other day on the show that the regular season is, is like the first, you know, 44 minutes of an NBA game. Mm-hmm. You know it's cool and everything, and then it's, I'm glad you had a good you know year game. Yeah. But when it, when it gets exciting, and that's why I'll tune in tonight because I'm curious. I'm seeing mm-hmm. how this. I want to see, and I because it would be kind of fun if they do get on a run to be kind of aware of to be aware of some of the players. And I enjoy the I enjoy the games as I've said a million times. When they start mm-hmm. to count, I really like it. I get excited yeah. about it,
1: and that is the one thing about it is if for somehow they got by Tampa Bay. Now you are a legitimate, serious Stanley Cup contender because yeah. you bet you beat the defending champion.
0: But it's been brought up in other ways, in other years. They talk about playoffs are won because the that, and again that's why you know the games are closer, they're more defensive and defensive hockey is more of a team game. He talked about how Montreal beat Toronto last year, and, and Brian, it was great hearing his analysis because he's right. You know all the things he was saying was was that the team montreal was forechecking helping out on defense all the shitty things are not much fun to do but individually they add up to a whole process and that's how you win right by sacrificing the individual for a while so
1: when they did that leafs were up 3-1 they started doing that in game five right and then the Leafs sort of sloughed that off. Well, we'll get them in Game Six. But when they did in Game Six, now the Leafs are starting to question themselves. By the time Game Seven rolled around, the Leafs were useless. Remember, before that game, I said the Leafs aren't going to score a goal tonight. The Leafs will not score a goal in Game Seven, and they didn't score till the last minute of the third period. I think the final score was three-one. And I, and again, I see the same thing unfolding here. I, I, I just don't think they have the makeup to get beyond that we'll see and i think if you watch tonight i think you're going to see the goalie let us down in a couple of situations that's going to deflate the team because i'm not sure he has the the makeup to listen a goalie has to play every other night for 2 months you going to be a pretty special individual yeah.
0: and you have to have, to have a lot of things either. go your way but yes. but ultimately playoffs are one you uh-huh. look back at you know even you know again i know this is going to age me but you know when boston won Mm-hmm. yes they had the best player in hockey at the time but they had a great team around him same with gretzky gretzky had a yeah. you look at those teams that won all those stanley cups there were some good good players you yeah, think about probably, the yeah. guys that weren't gretzky the messiers and the coffees they had some um
1: you know their mm-hmm. goalie was outstanding one of the best in the league and howard a lot of these teams have great captains And I just don't think we do. I don't think John Tavares is measured up. I think Austin Matthews should be the captain of this team. Like all the young bucks, all the young stars become captains of their teams around the league. Look, there's many examples, Connor McDavid and on and on and on. Um, By not making him the captain, I think that was a... Miscalculation. Hmm. Tavares just hasn't measured up. He's not the like. He's not a Daryl. He's not a Wendell. He's not a Dougie. He's just not that type of guy that in the playoffs you need. But uh, again, we'll see. It starts tonight.
0: Okay, Uh Dan Duran. Uh, thanks for popping back in. I'm not a hundred percent sure. You're not where uh, our <laughs> other guest is, so I'm just going to go ahead. Uh, With you But uh, we have a brand new sponsor So let me take care of that first If you don't mind, Dan
2: I do not mind I'm standing by like I do
0: Let me ask you a question, Dan Um, Let's talk about the quality of your sleep
2: (laughs) Okay Now I know uh,
0: You know, you're a good sleeper I've become a good sleeper But the reality is Millions of people around the world Struggle with sleep And hush Hush is here to help Hush is an industry leading sleep brand that carries a wide range of sleep essentials for every sleeper whether you're a hot sleeper I'm a hot sleeper or a cold sleeper hot, hot like your temperature's hot yeah I get hot Hush has what you need to get the job done. Freddie, Hush carries everything from pillows to sheets and their best-selling weighted blankets and mattresses. That's what you've heard. You're like, oh, yeah, Hush, those weighted blankets. They even have their iced technology Which is what I want to get because it keeps you cool all night long in their iced weighted blanket and their mattresses. If you're looking to improve your nightly rest, Hush is the answer. Not 100% sold yet. Hush has a 100 night guarantee on all their products. Think about this. You try a product for 100 nights. If you don't like it, return it with no hassle whatsoever. A great way to show friends and family and loved ones that you care. Something that's super important to uh, us is giving back. That's why what they do at Hush is even more. From day one, Hush has donated one in 10 adult products and one in five kid products to those around the world in need. So if you're looking to upgrade your sleep, head over to HushBlankets.com. That's HushBlankets.com. The promo code is H-U-M-B-L-E, and that gets you 10% off. Go do it. Enter that code, H-U-M-B-L-E. That gets you 10% off at HushBlankets.com. Blankets.com. Hey, Fredzie Doodle, are you all done uh, everything you need to do?
1: No, I still have to talk about the retirement Sherpa, our friend Tim Niblett. Portfolio yeah, man, Let's manager, it up. Uh, Portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors uh, Protection Fund. Uh, last week, uh, Tim's on the show, he enlightened us with thought, you know, think about what's important to you, prioritize, think about how you want your retirement to look. Okay, and all those things, decisions you make now Are going to affect the end result And again, you know, it's a situation where people are going online now And doing all these uh, investments on their own There's a dimension to that that's missing And that dimension is a guy like Tim Niblett Who can speak to you through experience And, you know, give you examples of things you should think about That you can't just click on in one of these, you know, programs, so to speak Invaluable, this man. He's licensed on both sides of the border. Tim Nibble at the Retirement Sherpa, RetirementSherpa.ca. Dun, dun, dun. And Dan Duran's
0: uh, news, standing by. Of course, uh, I know what you're thinking. Boy, this would be a lot more seamless if I had a mouse. With, a mouse, with a mouse. If I only had a mouse. If I only had a mouse. But you know, Dan, you're just gonna have to wait patiently while I change screens so I can play this.
3: Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man, his voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes, asks for credentials, he has none, can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Durant, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice
2: is nice and low Well, even though it's a little overcast uh,
0: We're happy to bring this little ray of sunshine to you and if you're just tuning into our Facebook feed now, Dan tried to eat some logs on the weekend, and it scraped, <laughs> it scraped the <laughs> side of his face. Live from his summer home, Dan Duran Lakeside, at the Dan Duran Summer Trailer.
2: Here's Dan Duran. <laughs> Qantas reveals details of their record-breaking Project Sunrise flights. They will be 19 hours long, which will be... A record for a commercial flight. They've taken an important step. They've uh, they're, they're launching project Sunrise with the order of twelve Airbus A 1,000 planes, uh, and they hope to have them operating by twenty twenty five. So this is all announced today. Um, there's only going to be two hundred thirty eight seats on each plane. It's the lowest number for any Airbus three hundred and fifty. Uh, there most of them are somewhere between three hundred fifty and four hundred and ten passengers, and so those seats will be spread. Between four uh, services of class, a uh, first class will have, uh, you know, an actual cabin in it where you can uh, hang out there for the entire flight. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they they do have a 17-hour nonstop from uh, Melbourne to Dallas, mm-hmm. but this would be a two-hour longer flight. It's crazy. Have you ever been in a long flight like that? No, I, I was
0: going to ask you guys because my, you know, I've never been more than, I think, eight hours, you know, on the way back and forth to Europe I mean actually I, the longest day I've taken flying I flew from Montreal to Vancouver and then a quick stop over and then Vancouver to Hawaii so those two flights were pretty long but I've never done the continuous one of you
2: Oh, well, you, you, oh,
1: yeah, go Fred. Oh, no, no, I, who are you asking, Dan? I don't uh,
0: even care at this point. It's oh, uh, just
1: so <laughs> no, I think, I think the longest I've ever done is like nine to ten. I think that was from Athens. Would Athens be farther than Rome? I think so. I don't Maybe. know.
2: But anyway, that's it for me. Mm-hmm. I've done a 13-hour. I've done uh, uh, Australia uh, from Australia to L.A., once. And what's that like? And
0: I remember asking Phil, that was one of my most fast, one of the many fascinating things about Phil is how many of those flights he's been on. And, you know, I asked him what he did, but that's like, you know, that would be, so what does a normal person do on a long flight?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what did you do on it? Well, you know, I, uh, at first you start, a, you know, I was thinking I'd, I'd watch movies for a while. I can't, I, I really can't sleep very well on flights. I just, I, I want to, I think I can, and yeah. I just can't. But you do kind of get into a zone. You're kind of into some sort of meditative kind of where time just Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense anymore. Mm -hmm. I sleep great
1: on airplanes, which is fantastic. (laughs) I (laughs) I really do. But can you imagine 13 hours besides Phil prior to his dental work? No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Hey, yeah can you imagine what phil's mask breath was like can you even imagine <laughs> you know those flights are so long they have to bring spare crews with them because they i don't there's an aviation rule of a, of a certain number of hours on a crew day and that includes the pre-flight so on those really long flights i'm not even maybe even the international i mean the uh, transatlantic ones but they have a for for sure to australia they definitely bring another crew
1: um, let me ask this: Air Force One. So the president's doing a long overseas flight. They have a bedroom with a like a king size bed. Have you seen that? Yes, before? of course I do. Okay. Yeah. So if the president say uh, gets in bed, uh, would there be some kind of a, a seatbelt affair while you're in bed? Or I've thought that too. I well, like those.
0: Those fancy first-class cabins that are like pods, they all have kind of a restraining device. I'm sure the president does. He doesn't go flying into the ceiling. (laughs) Or maybe the special covers or something that will hold him down. Yes, maybe a hush-weighted blanket
1: is what holds the president (laughs) down. (laughs) I haven't thought that because it would be so great, a long flight, and you get to go crawl into a king-size bed and just snuggle up, and next thing you know, you're landing. But... What what is the security? But some of, of those Emirates, like the
0: Cathay Pacific and the Emirates, the Dreamliners, they're you're you're maybe not king size, but you're sprawled out there. You're you know those first class pods are you're pretty comfortable. You're full on laying down and.
1: Well, isn't there a couple of airlines now where you got a private shower? Even oh yeah, like that's what yeah. I'm saying. Some of those as mm-hmm. well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what I find yeah. fascinating about Air Force One is well, many things, but. Uh, the fact that whenever it travels, there are you know jets scrambled around it, like it's not just flying you know out there in the world all on its own. That and the fact that it can be refueled in the air, which is pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I often think about two Air Force One the first time you know because they have a crew and it's got to be top notch because it's the most yeah. powerful person on Earth. What they thought the first time that orange fucking clown climbed aboard like oh great it's great like, really we, we all you know have this serious responsibility now we got to look after this thing this shit stain is getting on yeah. the plane
0: <laughs> maybe the, i, I like to have a fantasy
1: like that yeah.
0: uh yeah tower this is air force one we've got shit stain aboard ready to uh, taxi shit stains on board mm-hmm. i just hope like maybe somewhere that's what they talk to each other yeah we've got uh the shit stain is uh secure he definitely had a, a seat belt in bed <laughs> um yeah Dandy by the way <laughs> Boeing yes, Dan?
2: is, is uh, last week they had a, a story that they they the CEO regrets taking on the order for the new Air Force one which I believe was ordered when uh, when Trump was in power and they've lost a, a billion bucks on it hmm on that on that contract of course uh, they modify they modify two 747s for you
0: know it's funny they're they're so excited there in the republican uh, party about hunter biden's and laptops and shit meanwhile this story keeps coming up that ivanka trump and jared kushner left the white house 650 million dollars richer than when they came in and that doesn't seem to register with anyone uh, and before we segue into trump and all this stuff I just have to ask, did you see those text messages between Hannity and uh, the, yeah. the chief of staff of uh, of the world? Medals, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's great to know, eh? That yeah. fucking una- <laughs> uneducated hack, fucking Hannity, was helping run the country. Another uneducated hack, run, <laughs> run the company. No, I was super. Like, seriously. It's but, something else.
0: That's the, uh, what's mean. that old saying? The blind leading the stupid? Mm-hmm anyway dan do you have another story that's not because we can get into trump all we want after
1: but one, one uh, other thing i will say just <laughs> if you want to get into trump and you know the hunter biden stuff people should be interested in that but there's the aggravation part of the polarization you know if you're republican or you're conservative you you care about hunter's laptops but you don't care about other obvious stuff because right. it's your team and vice versa because all that stuff is interesting But if you really cared about your country, you'd care about it all. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, Dan, do you want to uh, favor us with uh, another uh, story while I just get that? I mean, again, if I had a mouse, it'd be playing now. Now, a second story
2: from his Lakeside trailer.
0: Dan Duran, everybody.
2: Pedal pubs can be dangerous. In Atlanta, a pedal pub rolled over. And now the driver of the Pedal Pub has been charged with driving under the influence. I think the one guy driving the bike would be the one who wasn't drinking. But I don't know if you've ever seen, there's like 15 people on, on these, have you ever seen one of those Pedal Pubs before?
0: I don't know what you're talking about.
2: You do not know, okay. What are the so, What's a Pedal so Pub? It's, it's a basically, it's a bar on uh, bicycle wheels. Yes! And uh everybody pedals while oh. drinking, right, so they kind of face each other, yeah. there's sort mm-hmm. of a stool, and there's yeah, and then in the front, there's a guy who yeah,
0: know, I saw one in california i i I didn't have any idea what it was, it was a break. we know what it was a uh, bridal party or whatever they call that, yeah. and all the girls can I call them girls, all the women females were getting on, and they were just drinking, and I was like, I didn't know what it was, and they were all pedaling and getting hammered right, that's pretty much the uh, love that thing. shit.
2: so yeah there was 15 passengers on board this bike everyone was taken uh to the hospital for a treatment and uh, and i think two people were critically injured Mm. no deaths but uh i guess the guy tried to negotiate a corner while going too fast oh my god and and that thing rolled over and you imagine that that you know one person falling off a bike i've done it uh that can hurt you pretty good yeah but you know Fifteen drinking people plus uh, <laughs> things keep, don't necessarily go very well.
1: That doesn't really appeal to me. Enjoying a nice beer and then having the pedal at the same time—like, wouldn't it? Everything be sort of unsettled? Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, yeah, but imagine you know, you know, you're you're almost seventy. Of course, it doesn't appeal to you. These are young people doing young people things.
2: I guess Yeah, and remember there's a certain <laughs> you know <laughs> go ahead <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a certain point when you've had you know the drinks yeah you whatever. don't care it doesn't but, matter anymore but it's like I mean there's a lot of things you and I can't relate to or the
0: three of us can't relate to you know because we're in our 60s you know I was saying this to somebody the other day like Okay, when I see, this was one of the days it wasn't shitty, it was sort of warm, and, but it wasn't warm, it was like 10 or 12 degrees, uh-huh. I saw a young woman on the street, and as I said, I said this to you guys last week, I used to think, oh, there's, you know, she's hot, now I think, I don't think she's dressed for this weather, uh-huh. you know, you know <laughs> I don't think she's wearing enough clothes, this, this, she can't be warm in that outfit, right? literally, yes. I think that now, yeah. poor young thing.
1: <laughs>
0: wow. Do you Best guys know us? grandpa's stuff right Oh, I totally, Dan. It's funny you say that because I, I realize now that women no longer find me attractive or threatening. They look at me with grandpa eyes. You know what I mean? When you look at your grandpa and go, ah, grandpa, that's how I think women look at me now. They're like, ah, like I have this theory that if I was in a bar talking to a woman, she wouldn't be covering her drink unless she was thinking, this guy's going to throw a Werther's Original in there.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: anyway, Dan. Do you wonder if they'll let you into those the, the nightclubs anymore? You know, at like, what age can you not go into, you know, the, the thumping, not that you necessarily would well, want you, to. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like, it's a, too loud.
1: to me, that's sort of a vacant question because I wouldn't want to go in to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, Dan.
0: I'd you're like well, to see, Dan, I'd like Dan to still goes. Dan, <laughs> Dan, you were still going to clubs on your own. I mean, one of the things I admire about you mm. is you Dan just would just go into a bar, just sit around, start talking to people.
2: Just yeah. Dan Durant in and up. Yeah. I, I admire but, that about you. But uh, I haven't been into a... You know, a nightclub for a long time. But what would interest me is, you know, where the technology for, you know, those clubs usually have lots of stuff going on. Mm. Yes, they uh, do. You know, drunken people. Mm. So it would be interesting to see where that's gone. But I don't know. I'd feel so weird going into a a club with (laughs) a
0: five
1: year old. Are there clubs for uh, people in their 60s? I don't know. Yeah. I can hardly. I can hardly stomach filing into a stadium now, let alone a club. Yeah, how was that on the wizard? Was it, it, it was fantastic. Yeah. Rudra um, offered the tickets up, and they're fantastic seats. Delise just loved it because she loves her Blue Jays so much. Like 13 rows up behind home plate. It was nice. fantastic. You really do you get mean, a sense know. in those seats of how fast pitches are, though, right? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Although there was... There was a player for the Houston Astros this weekend. His name was Siri. That's his last name, S-I-R-I. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know what was happening around us? Hey, Siri, are you going to get a hit? Hey, Siri, <laughs> are you going to win today? People yelling this stuff up I, like That's it's original and clever. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: man, listen.
1: Every time the guy came up, it was like, Hey Siri, you gonna get a single?
0: No, I would. I thought it would be. Wouldn't it be funner to go, Hey Siri, what? How many people live in Boston, Massachusetts? Start asking random questions. In 2020, the population oh, no, of Boston people didn't was
1: 75,647.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening. Oh, that's I would have done that. Hey Siri, how, what, what's the coldest place on Earth? The poles of cold are the places in the southern and northern hemispheres where the lowest air temperatures have been recorded. That's what I would be doing. <laughs> <And> again, <laughs> I, I think at a different level. Um, speaking of bars, I uh, I don't know why this came up, but uh, do you know the uh, the famous sort of uh, Gilbert Gottfried drunk guy at the bar joke? You know this joke, Freddie? No. Guy's at the bar. He's so wasted. He throws up on his shirt. He looks down and says, Man, my wife is going to be so pissed. I puked on myself again. And the guy next to him says, do what I do. Put $10. I put $10 in my pocket. And when my wife sees her, I say, hey, some asshole at the bar puked on me and gave me $10 to have it clean. So oh. the drunk guy goes home, thinks it's a great idea. His wife's waiting for him, starts saying, you got drunk and puked on your shirt again, didn't you? She says. The guy says, no. What happened is I was at the bar and this guy puked on me, but he put $10 in my shirt pocket so I can have it clean. Well, she reaches into his shirt and pulls out $20, two $10 bills and says, it's not $10. This is 20 The guy says, oh, yeah. Yeah, he shit in my pants too. <laughs> that's a great joke. He a joke for you boys is, on a that's Monday. A great joke. Because he shit in my I love jokes that end with, oh yeah, and he shit in my pants too. <laughs> Good night, everybody. That's a closer there, Dad. That's a big closer. Oh, big closer, yeah. <laughs> that's the big closer. Uh, I don't know what happened scheduling-wise, but our friend uh, Tim Daniels uh, was scheduled. We will reschedule him, of course. Health gauge is what we're wearing. HealthGage.com, the uh, Super Phoenix is the watch. Keep You know, uh, Brian Goldman mentioned uh, blood oxygen. You know, when you know your, your blood oxygen level starts dropping into the, uh, what do they say, when it gets uh, below 90, especially if you've got COVID-like symptoms, that's when you should go to the hospital. And you would know that if you had this uh, phoenix. Go to Humble, go to HealthGage.com, put in the promo code HumbleFredHG for 15% off at check at checkout. Sounded like I got emotional there. I didn't. I just got distracted. HealthCage.com. Humble Fred HG for 15% off at checkup. Uh, I think that's it. Yep. We's covered. We's covered. Mm -mm. Tomorrow we'll talk about uh, Birds Aren't Real. Uh, Also, uh, I got some great uh, Marjorie Taylor Green um, audio. Not the one that you had. I had another one I was going to... Play for you, but we never got to it. Also, we will talk hopefully a little bit about the Leafs' victory tonight. I'm excited for your team and uh, the freedom rally in Ottawa. So much, so much freedom was achieved.
1: Some mac- maximum freedom. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I um, I sent an email to Mark Bonikowski yesterday. Oh yeah, son. Yeah, Bono just only. Became, you know, he was, it was the same thing. You know, the sun has sort of taken on the you know freedom thing, and of Bogosky course, and Warmington and these guys, and just what they write. Just, uh, just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, I just sent him an email saying, "Exactly, Mark. What what are the rights and freedoms that uh, we have lost? Because I'm 65 and I feel as free as I've ever." Felt your phrase a bird. To be honest, mm-hmm. what is, what, exact, what have I lost that I'm not aware of? Can you please help me with that? And I'm waiting for a response, but. I'm sure you'll be. Because I would, waiting I would like that. Same with I want when I when Tony's back on. I I mean, I keep saying this, and you know, the whole Polyev thing is freedom is the number one word in his campaign. Explain mm-hmm. it to me, because I'm lost. I'm a fucking dunderhead, man. Well, you know, a lot of that stuff is just
0: buzzwords. Like I had a yes. Yeah that's some audio of trump talking about this he 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 it's the kind of speech he made at a rally that if biden made the speech all the fox people would be like dementia dementia but it was it's really like a oh, I oh i love this phrase it was like a word salad of stuff mm-hmm. he says am i and of course uh, we're not going to be teaching transgender we're not going to teach trans <laughs> and i'm all these comments like yeah. when what grade do you start teaching transgender anyway but that's yeah. what it is. It's just a word salad of stuff, freedoms in there, critical race theory,
1: radical but, left. But the bonikoski thing, it's all about how you know Polyev now, you know, he's trying to bring a different face to politics, a different spin on it. You know, he's not playing the same old game that all politicians have. Just it just stinks and reeks of the American way, you know, yeah. with the whole Trump thing. Oh, this is the new way. And, and it, to me, it's what you just said. It's like you know, it's uh, freedom. So throw out freedom, throw out immigration, and God, and you've and you've got all the simpletons uh, paying attention now.
0: Yeah, again, not I, I don't know. I did a lot of reading this last few days, besides watching Ozark, um, <laughs> and again, being around my brother is so good because he's got such great, you know, the what, like I would say this we're fairly intelligent people like intellect. We, we, we have an ability to sort of articulate a thought or two, but what, what really smart people have like David, like Dr. Brian Goldman, like other people we know like this is David's able to articulate something and then give you a bunch of historical Mm -hmm. uh, references for it and how this is like this used to be, or this guy who's a philosopher and this is what he says. And I'm like, sometimes I'm just fascinated. Like, you know, I can go for a few seconds with him, but then I just at some point just sit there listening and go, wow, like, you know, he he would we talked about religion. We talked about political, you know, where where Russia's will is. I mean, he gave me a really mm-hmm. good sense. Mm-hmm. Not not all. By the way, not altogether a hopeful one. I sent you that uh, that article this week and I think it was from The Washington Post Where wherever. Yeah, it,
1: I couldn't it, read it. It wouldn't, wouldn't open. There's like a paywall.
0: Yeah, it's too bad because it was very, not not a real hopeful forecast for what's going on over there. But at least my brother had some perspective for me anyway.
1: You know, I did read a story on the weekend. A woman in Toronto owns a condo or rents a condo and she had a Ukrainian flag flying in her window and she was asked to take it down after it had been up for a week or so. And the reason was is that Number one, the condo law, so to speak, doesn't allow for you to put stuff like that in your windows, which I, on some level I understand, because if everybody did that, it would look like shit from the outside. But you'd think this would be a special situation. It was just a flag in her window. But the um, reason she was given was there was Russian people had complaint and what if they put the russian flag in their windows Uh, what kind of an atmosphere would that create in the condo anyway my takeaway is there's actually people there and they're they're here in toronto this is why we always talk about the u.s but even here in toronto there are people you know mother russia is right and they like what's happening in Ukraine. Yeah. And when they watch it on the news, they're pissed off that it's being reported the way it is because their country, their homeland, their president is right. And it's just hard to get your head around. They're amongst us. Well, and it's because
0: they have, again, I did a little bit of reading. You know, it's it's so easy for us over here to go. Ukrainians are good and Russians are bad. But as David said, you know, there's a, a deep rooted Russian historical ideal that they believe that Ukraine should never have left the Soviet Union, et etc. et cetera. And, uh, you know, those are, there's some
1: perspective there. It's not so simple. Well, I was scared to say in the line here too, though, Is like, and again, 60 minutes and you know, can you believe it? But, you know, they're right on the ground there. When they're, when they're purposely starving people. Oh, Yeah. As a war tactic, it's... You know, I mean, you can still, you know, you can overtake Ukraine without starving children. Yeah, and without those people in a shelter. Yeah, there's all these. That's why, you know,
0: back to these fucking nitwits bunging up uh, Ottawa. I love this tweet from somebody. uh, Civilians are dying in Ukraine. Children are starving in Yemen. And the people protesting in downtown Ottawa still have the guts to demand freedom in a country with health care, public education, Mm -hmm. social services Mm -hmm. and a democratically elected government. Mm -hmm. like honestly as i said to uh you guys after the thing in january you should be embarrassed Mm -hmm. it's embarrassing
1: well this is what i said to bonikoski in my thing too you know he writes in his article that um you know the emergencies act and trudeau in the you know would put a a, you know a, a dictator to shame or just you know you know he his act was just like the best of any dictator that's what he did and it's like you know that's that's insulting to me as a canadian i don't care about trudeau just don't don't go there because it's just bullshit Mm -hmm. oh the old (laughs) slippery slope argument right well uh, like uh, you know he's just like any dictator around the earth with the emergencies act meanwhile he enacts it it works and he withdraws it right they're just frustrated it worked on all those assholes no and it's not yeah but don't tell me he's like a dictator like
0: And we've all, and we've, listened. we've all written stuff. We've all had articles to write. I mean, a lot of it's just like, I don't know, I'll just, you know, I'll just say this so that it's going to get some people's eyes up. I wanted to end the show, though, with something that a friend of all of ours sent me this morning, the wonderful and talented Lori Love, who's part of the morning program at a radio station in St. Catharines. I want to make sure I get the name of the, the show right. Is it? Uh, it's Laurie and Curtis. What is the name of that show? Laurie and Curtis. Laurie and Curtis. And it's on uh, n- Move 105.7. Move 105.7 in St. Catharines. Yeah. Laurie, a very yeah. fine broadcaster. Curtis, who yeah. uh, started off as our intern and, and learned all he needed to know to go off and be uh, whatever he is. Fantastic. Anyway, that's who Laurie is. He's also married to your uh, dear friend, uh, Darren. So Lori writes, she sent this, you know, these morning people, they're up early. She sent this at 4.45 in the morning. uh, Good morning. Saw this and thought of you guys. And uh, she quotes, uh, Paul McCartney kicked off his Got Back concert tour Thursday night in Spokane, Washington. He did the song, I've Got a Feeling, from the Let It Be album, which we all know. And surprised the fans with rooftop film footage of John Lennon singing the other part of the song shown on giant video screens. Mm. Now here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, she's given me instructions, that it starts at uh, she says it's around the 346 mark so I'll just do that I'll go to 346 hang on Dan this is no mouse would make this easier okay it's just happening in real time Mm -hmm. so you can check out just if you're looking to see this on YouTube it's just I've got a feeling dash Paul McCartney and then in brackets with John and here comes John is on the screen it's fantastic you guys can't see this and it's sort of that it's a bit muddy i know it's concert sound but i'm gonna tell you fred patterson when you see this it's gonna give you chills it's pretty cool
1: oh I, I forgot i just had a couple
0: just hearing it just the way he's looking and, and mccartney turns back and looks at the screen and then it's just as here they are singing together So thank you, Lori Love, for uh, you know, helping us out today and giving us something to end on other than Americans and their shit-stain
1: parent-president uh, guy. <laughs> okay. You know, Lori is a, a great supporter of this show. Yes. So many wonderful things to say about it all the time. Sometime when she's on holidays and not doing a morning show, we should have her on as a guest. I would love that. Yeah. No, I I really do. Because, again, talk about a pioneer. You know, there's not a lot of women that front morning shows in this country, in in any market. And she's pretty much done it for years. And uh, long. Yeah. And and
0: with not just with, you know, she didn't sort of, you know, catch lightning in a bottle with some dude, some 30. You know, she's been doing it on her own with a bunch Mm -hmm. of different guys,
1: uh, which is the sign of a true pro. And she'll mm-hmm. tell you she learned a lot of her morning show um, work ethic from Jeff Lumbee. Yeah. hmm
2: One of the guys she worked with. That's it. right. Mm-hmm. One
1: of the guys she worked yeah. with. Although,
0: unlike Jeff Lumbee, if her favorite sport team had lost, she would show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel, uh-huh. I feel uh-huh. very strongly in saying that no matter what happened to one of her sport teams, <laughs> hmm She'd make it in the next day.
2: She's got her anger under control.
0: Well, we can all hope one day Well, you'll finally get your anger under control.
2: Then. Yeah, someday.
1: <laughs> well, don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the Jays and Yankees. Today, Yanks have won nine in a row, and I want to see my Blue Jays stop that winning streak. That's what I'll be watching tonight. Well, I, uh, I again, Rudra offered me some uh,
0: tickets, and uh, I couldn't use them. But I'm going to, when he comes back... Uh, go with him because he and I have gone to some Raptors games but uh, I just want to I've said this even before the season started I really want to get to the, the dome this year because I kind of miss that feeling I love being in that park uh, again yeah. not the biggest baseball fan but in in person I really like it
1: Howard I said that to Delise. I said, you know, the people that that criticize the stadium. I love this stadium. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable. If it's shitty outside, the roof's closed. Yeah, it's a little bit dark and dank. But you know what? It's shitty outside, and we can watch this game in comfort. And you know what? When the weather's nice, the roof opens, and we get to enjoy the beautiful sunshine. Mm. I love that stadium. <laughs> I think it's become fashionable to so, say, oh, I hate the dome when when the roof's closed. Well, the roof is closed, so you can be comfortable dickwad <laughs> again you never
0: know what's gonna set the Fredman man off
1: <laughs>
0: okay uh, Dan Duran uh, thank you for your service thanks to Dr. Brian Goldman we'll reschedule Tim from Health Cage. enjoy the rest of this cloudy rainy relentlessly shitty spring uh,
2: good day this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and our newest sponsor, Hush Blankets, with a 100 night guarantee on all their products. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to listen tomorrow for more Leaf Team Leafs, Leafs, really Leafs. So oh, come on, Leafs and Leafs, Leafs, dickwad. <laughs>